And also I read that you've long time been interested in the environment. And when you were 18 years old, you were in the Youth Environmental Parliament and your degree project was on how solar energy can become more interactive for the end user with the dream to set up a company that would uh, help people's needs as well as becoming profitable and improve the planet. And your dream came true when you started the groundbreaking design firm uh, people people focusing on innovation design and sustainability so tell us about this journey your success stories your failures and of course your learnings I think uh, the, the dream is true when we are on a sustainable um, planet in the sense sustainable for humans uh, and and we're pretty far from that so I wouldn't say uh, any of those dreams are coming true quite yet it's a very very long uh, road ahead and the urgency is ever more present but uh, it was a dream to start a design firm with some of the best designers in the world uh, my co-founders all worked at Nokia at the time and they started working at Nokia before iPhone so that was like when Nokia was the big thing and for them to quit their job and move from Helsinki back to Stockholm to start a company with me was uh, one of the best moments in my life to, to have that uh, you know, uh, feeling of a never doubt that a small team can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. That was really our ethos at, at, at People People. And, um, but we front, like, we've been front row in the kind of innovation processes of big companies like uh, Ikea and Samsung and uh, developing new products. And it's really hard incorporating sustainability. Uh, I think we're the agenda has it moved up the corporate agenda a lot in the last 10 years but it's still kind of like treated as accounting rather than innovation why and, and, sorry to interrupt you why um it's it's the do less bad so the first step for a lot, a lot of companies is just measuring their impact and it's typically huge mm -hmm. and they put kind of an accountant on that role and that accountant is sitting up in in um in the castle tower, kind of like Father Farai, like the wise person up in that castle uh, tower, and it's visited once a year, and he's dusting off the books, and like, here is our CO2 footprint. We reduced it 4%, and uh, that, that doesn't really change corporate culture. So I think, uh, the, but, you know, the feeling of actually innovating and actually changing a business model to something that people understand, that, that, that's real change and that I think motivates across the board. So I think that's really the new agenda for sustainability rather than just accountability, which obviously we also have to have, is that feeling of uh, understandability of like, how does this business actually make sense? Do I understand that this is circular? Is it actually recyc recyclable? You know, yeah, everything's recyclable to some degree, you know, in, in nature, it's entropy, it's just, uh, you know, the human system, uh, we, we, we've been better at marketing these terms than actually understanding them. And what kind of success stories can you tell us about back then that you were able to um, involve sustainability um, when it wasn't really on the agenda, which is more today? Do you have a story to tell us? Sure. I mean, one thing that we quickly realized, the typical industrial design project might run a couple of months. Whereas you do like a proper life cycle analysis of a product, it takes 12 months minimum because you're analyzing manufacturing and all parts of the life cycle of a product. So from manufacturing to usage uh, to end of life and uh, potential recyclability. So um, that took way too long for us to like incorporate a proper life cycle analysis. So what we did was something we call life cycle analysis sketching, which was basically 
you could quite quickly identify from these different phases of a product what is most impactful. So a good example is like a water boiler, the high impact is doing usage. If, if the Brits would just not overfill their water kettles with water when they're heating for their tea, it's more energy than all their traffic lights put together. So it's just like, there's a lot to be found there. And if we could identify the big, uh, the, the big staple in the diagram, that would be the kind of horns on the devil, so to say. So if you could take one or two of those and innovate just around that, then there would be an entry point for us where we could make a difference within that short time frame that we had engagement as industrial designers and a lot of impactful decisions are made in the manufacturing process but typically it might be really tricky to get a company like electrolux to switch from one material to another uh, because they're so well established in their supply chain and all the levels of quality assurance that goes into that to just change the material is typically quite hard but whereas like lightweighting one material or addressing one aspect like that is totally feasible. So that was kind of our entryway to actually feel that we did make an impact, even if we had a, a shorter scope or an intensive sprint on the side. Um, so that, that's a good example, I think, of how the design tools can kind of map to the challenges of, of, of uh, sustainable um, design.